The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is award-winning TV host, interviewer, journalist, and film expert, and my friend Dave Carger. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks, Jan. Great to see you. It's great to see you, too, and we're going to talk about your brand new book. I'm so excited about this book. It's 50 Oscar Nights, Iconic Stars and Filmmakers and Their Career-Defining Wins. Tell me how this book came about. Well, as you know, I'm a host on Turner Classic Movies, Yes, and the network releases three or four TCM books each year in conjunction with a great publisher called Running Press. Mm-hmm. So I was made aware that they were interested in having me do a book. And if I had a, an idea to pitch, they were all ears. So I have spent the last 25 years really focusing on the Oscars as a writer at Entertainment Weekly, as a commentator on the Today Show, now on TCM. I've hosted the Red Carpet Show on ABC, done some really interesting thing around around the Oscars over my career. And I always love talking to filmmakers and actors and musicians about, you know, interesting things that have happened in their lives. So I came up with this concept of 50 Oscar nights where I would do new interviews with 50 Oscar winners about the day that they won. Everything they remember about the whole experience, about the project they won for, what the Oscar means to them now, what it meant to them then, how they decided what to say, what to wear in some cases, who to go with, and and how to prepare. So the book is now out. It was an absolute pleasure to do and to have conversations with people like Meryl Streep and Elton John, Steven Spielberg, and Nicole Kidman, John Legend, Jennifer Hudson about this unforgettable day in their lives. So it was a lot of work, but it was great fun to do. And I'm so glad it's finally out. Oh, Dave, I want to tell you, this book is like a fine wine. (laughs) It needs to be savored. You just want to just go slowly with it and just enjoy and savor each chapter because it's just really interesting. I, too, have always loved the Oscars from the first time I ever watched them. I think I was 10 years old and um, I love everything to do with the Oscars, just like you do. And this was just a fascinating behind-the-scenes look and years later how they felt about it. I think that's what's great that you did. I'm going to hold up the book for those of you who are watching the show on YouTube. But here's the book. <laughs> Dave, yes. <laughs> I love the book. It's it's just, it's you know, it's one of those that you want to have in your library for sure. You know, and as I said, it's just one you can keep going back to and looking and reading. I was just, I, there were so many wonderful stories. What, was there one for you? Because gosh, you do. You just mentioned so many people. Clint Eastwood, Keith Carradine, who lives here in Santa Barbara where I live and I've bumped into him. So many, and Rita Marino, who I met last year at, you know, the uh, Santa Barbara International Film Festival. She and I chatted a couple of times, just really fast fascinating people. Was there one that stood out for you or something that surprised you when you interviewed them? Rita was a great interview. Well, I was thrilled that she wanted to do it. She was one of the people I had never met before or interviewed. So about 35 of the people I had interviewed before, 15 I had not. And I was thrilled when she agreed to do it. She is the longest to go winner that is in the book. I have a couple winners from the 1960s, about three actually. So I was so happy that she agreed to do it. And I was astonished at her recall of events that happened over 60 years ago and she has really specific stories of encountering Joan Crawford at the Oscars that year and driving in the limo with George Shakiras for co-star from West Side Story and she was just a delight so that was one that really stood out but I'm happy to say there's six people in the book that are 90 years of age or more Mel Brooks, Clint Eastwood, Stelle Parsons, Joel Gray, Lee Grant and Rita so that was very important to me as a TCM host to to get these classic era people's stories in whenever possible. Oh 
I agree, and you're, and you're right. I mean, she's she's amazing. Just, I mean, Rita Moreno is just amazing. I mean, she was wearing rocking. I mean, she's 92 now, but last year she wore leather pants with knee-high boots and a leopard coat. I said I wouldn't wear that when I was in my 20s. <laughs> she looked amazing, and she is she's sharp as a tack. Um, and I, you know, I lived in Carmel by the Sea, where Clint Eastwood lives, and I've, I've many times I've, I've met him and bumped into him too. And fascinating stuff stories about all of these people. Who was the most difficult to get? And how difficult was it to get these people to agree to do this? Fortunately, I had immediate yes answers from Nicole Kidman and Elton John, two people that I know pretty well. So the fact that I had them on board, I was then able to reach out to the others and say, this is a book I'm doing. It's with TCM. And these two people have already agreed to be part of it. So that really helped me get a lot of the other people. I would say the one that I had to be the most kind of diligent with and persistent with was Meryl Streep. Not because she didn't want to do it, but she's just a very busy woman. But I knew I couldn't do a book that had Oscar in the title and not have Meryl Streep in it. So I waited for her. I extended the deadline a little bit for her and she was well worth the wait. And she was such a great interview. For anyone who has more than one Oscar who I interview in the book, I let them choose which year where she has three. Mm -hmm. So she chose to talk about Sophie's Choice, which was the first time she won Best Actress. And she just had so many great stories to tell about that whole experience. Yeah, I mean, I love that movie. I can't, it's, uh, yeah, it's still heart-wrenching every time you see it, you know, and just great. And I love Kevin Klein, and he, he's marvelous in it, and Peter McNichol. It's just a great, I'm glad she chose that one. And her dress, I love the story about her dress, because she's pregnant. She had to go to the basement sale rack at Saks to find something that fit her because of the fact she was five months pregnant, and she found this dress that had a train in the back, so it had extra fabric, but she had to turn the dress around so that the extra fabric covered her tummy. So if you look closely at the pictures, you can see she's wearing the dress backwards. But even then, I was having a hard time figuring that out, you know, that she went backwards. You know, that's what also was fascinating about the when you did cover what they decided to wear, even Rita Moreno, her dress, you know, where she... Talk a little bit about that, because I thought that was also... You know, just They were all real fascinating about what they chose to wear and how they chose to wear it. She, she was filming a movie in the Philippines, and she was in the studio of this Filipino designer, and she came across this beautiful fabric, and she said, what is this? And he explained that it was an obi, which is like a sash. And she said, I want my Oscar dress to be made out of this fabric. And it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was really interesting because for a lot of these women, particularly who I interviewed, who won their Oscars in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it was before the whole industry of fashion that surrounds the Oscars now. So Estelle Parsons went to a store on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and bought a dress for $30 to go to the Oscars. Lee Grant went to a secondhand store and found a, someone's wedding dress, and she wore that to the Oscars. So, And then Meryl Streep had to, as I said, get her dress on her own at Saks. It was way different from what we now know, where stylists show up at these women's homes or hotel rooms with racks and racks of dresses, or they go to a, a fashion house and try a whole bunch of things on. It was much more DIY back in the mm-hmm. day. It really, really was. So Merle was the most difficult one to get. What what story surprised you the most? I really appreciated Sally Field's interview because she was very honest about everything she was going through with her relationship with Burt Reynolds, who I think felt a little threatened by some of her success with Norma Ray. So that was a surprising interview. Jane Fonda really surprised me 
lately because she was talking about all the hostility she was feeling from the Hollywood community and she would show up on the set of Clue and there'd be an upside down American flag that someone had hung. So she just felt very conflicted about the whole thing. And, and I was also fascinated by her saying that she felt so guilty that she had won an Oscar before her father, Henry Fonda. And so after she won that first Oscar, she kind of collapsed backstage and, and started sobbing. And she was also very sick that night. She told me with 102 fever. So yeah, I just, I was just so appreciative that a lot of these people were so willing to open up to me about the fact that it wasn't necessarily just a Cinderella moment for a lot of these people, that it, there were a lot of other conflicting emotions going on. How did you go about, did you have in-person interviews on the phone, Zoom? How did you interview all of these people? All of the above. <laughs> the majority were Zoom, which made it easy. Uh-huh. There were a few that I did do in person. So Clint Eastwood, I interviewed him in person at his office on the Warner Brothers lot. Okay. Elton John interviewed him in person at his house in LA. Joel Gray invited me to his apartment in New York City for the interview. Same with Lee Grant. I got to do hers in person. And then there were a few that were over the phone, but the vast majority were Zoom, which is great because as you know, I mean, you and I are on Zoom right now and it's so nice to be able to see the person that you're talking to, not just hear them. Yeah, I agree. When Before I started doing Zoom, I just recorded the show just doing the audio. And when we started doing Zoom you know, during the pandemic, it changed the, the audio as well. I mean, I think when you're interacting and seeing the person you're interviewing, it changes it changes how it sounds even when you when I when it's just audio only. So it's kind of fascinating in that way too. What how long did it take you to write this? Seven months from start to finish. That's seven months all? people that's what everybody says. Seven <laughs> months from the initial outreach starting to reach out to people to actually finishing the book. Yeah, so I did it from July of twenty twenty two through January a year ago. So I finished the book wow. almost a year ago. Wow. And then it had to be the whole kind of editing process and then I chose the photos which took some extra time uh, but as far as the writing the interviewing and the writing seven months start wow that's amazing Dave that's amazing there's a lot in here what was the criteria for you to choose these 50 and why only 50 so uh... well 50 just sounded once I realized that each person was going to have a chapter of four or six pages I just did the math in my head and at first I thought maybe it would be a hundred but then the book would just be too thick and I would never have gotten it done mm-hmm. so 50 sounded like a good reasonable number it sounded like a lot mm-hmm. but not too many and I had a wish list of of people that I went out to and I definitely wanted 40 out of the 50 people to be A-list household names so that it was this kind of smorgasbord of people that everyone knows and loves. Mm -hmm. But then for the 10 slots, I wanted some actors in there that maybe weren't as well known. Like, so I love J.K. Simmons. Oh, I love J.K. Simmons. Most people know who he is, but he's not up to the level of a Julia Roberts as far as recognition factor. But I loved his story. And then I really wanted to have some people in there. This was my editor's suggestion, Cindy Sapala at Running Preston. I'm so glad that she suggested this on having a bunch of people in there from below the line, as they say, category. So I have two costume designers in there. I have this really interesting story by a guy named Kevin O'Connell, who's a sound mixer who was nominated 20 times for an Oscar and lost each time and finally won on his 21st nomination. So the fun of it for me as someone who used to be a magazine writer covering the Oscars was I was able to then reach out to these people who I remembered from my days as a journalist had great stories about their win and get them to tell their stories and include people like Mm. Kevin O'Connell or Mark Bridges, who's a great two-time winning costume designer, alongside these A-list household 
name. So I think it adds extra dimension to the book. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, as you know, I interview behind the scenes people who are involved in making movie magic all the time. I had on the show the IMAX cameraman for all of Christopher Nolan's films and did uh, Oppenheimer and the Batman series and everything and has done many of them. And it was just great talking to him about that. I agree with you. It's good to get those kinds of people in your book and on my show so people can really understand what those people do and how important they are in the movie making process. Was there anybody that you wanted that you didn't get and you you don't have to say the name if you don't want to? Yeah, because it's a TCM book, I wanted a lot of the classic era people, as many as I could get. There were three older actresses that I did reach out to and it basically found out they're just not doing that many interviews anymore. So Julie Andrews, Shirley Jones, Mm. even Marie who I actually have gotten to interview before at a TCM event and I wasn't able to get them. And I would have loved to have had Barbara Streisand in the book, but she was writing her own book at the time, so she wasn't available for an interview. But I have to say I'm really, really excited with the people who I did it manage to get. Yes. I mean you've got I mean really I mean you've got the who's who of of Oscar winners here. Was there anything that what was the process of trying to get them? I mean did you were were you the one who did all the reaching out or did you have a team that helped you uh, reach out to the I would say forty five, forty six of them I did I did the outreach on my own because I either had interviewed them before or knew their publicists or tracked them down. There were a couple people that I needed some help finding and luckily there's an amazing talent team at TCM who right. works and interfaces with these people a lot. So like Mel Brooks, for instance, a woman that I work with, Dory Stegman at TCM is kind of we call her the Mel Brooks whisperer because she's just very close with him and his family from all of the things that he's done with regards to TCM over the years. So she said, oh, if you want Mel Brooks, let me handle that one for you. And within like a day or two, I had a yes for him. So, But the vast, vast majority I did on my own. And that was actually part of the fun of it because it felt like inviting all these people to a party and waiting for the RSVPs to come back and being like, (laughs) oh, John Legend just said he'll do the book. How exciting is that? Or Marley Matlin just agreed to be in the book. She's going to come to this party, you know, if you will. So so that was excitement of it. So how long were the interviews themselves when you did them, when you conducted them? They ranged between 20 minutes and 90 minutes from the shortest to the longest. But those are the outliers. I would say the most interviews were in the 40 to 45 minute range. Um, It just depended on, quite frankly, how chatty each person was. There were some people who had a lot more to say, some people who just wanted to keep the answers more succinct, and that was fine too. But it worked out that each interview with the archival photography that's included fit on either four pages or six pages. So everyone basically gets the same amount of space in the book, regardless of how long the interview turned out to be. Did you choose the pictures or did they choose the pictures? I chose the pictures. You chose the um, pictures. And, but I definitely went out of my way for, to, to, do, to accomplish two things with the pictures. One, I wanted everyone to look good. I mean, I was not interested in putting any photo in there where I didn't think the the person looked terrific. And then also whenever possible, if there was something in the interview that um, the, that the winner specifically talked about, Nicole Kidman talking about being there with her mom and dad, Elton John talking about dedicating the award to his grandmother. I definitely wanted a picture of Nicole's parents with her, a picture of Elton with his grandma. So I wanted the pictures to speak to the content of the interviews whenever possible. Did they supply the pictures or did you have to go uh, find them through archives? Archives. So luckily at TCM, we have a decent 
photography archive that I was given access to, given that this is a TCM book. Yes. And then also um, the Academy let us license a lot of photos from its library. So we, they were a great partner for us. And then the rest of the photos, we had a small budget to license photos from different um, sources like Getty Images or Alamy, which is another big um, photo service. So for anything that I wasn't able to find through the Academy Archive or through the TCM Archive, we, we had a small budget to license photos um, from these other sources. But it worked out that we kept it under budget. That's great. It's great. Did did anybody want to have final approval about what was either printed or um, the photos and or what was print? You know what you had written. Two of the fifty people who were actually not uh, household names, but two of the fifty did ask to see. Well, in one case, the person asked, in one case, the representative asked um, to see the interview before it ran, and I was more than happy to send it and not one change was made in either case but i just think they wanted just to give it a peek before it actually went to print yeah i'm sort of surprised it was only two interesting i think i think a lot of these people are at a level where they do so many interviews Mm -hmm. and i think they're used to being put on the hot seat as it were even though that wasn't my intention with any of these interviews i wanted to create a comfortable space but i think they knew these are people that get interviewed as part of their job right they knew what they were in for they knew that anything that they said could be printed right right did did um a question came in my head and now it's gone out of my head but (laughs) that happens oh have you had anybody who's in the book um, who's read it? Or did you send it to every single person that was in, you know, in this book? And have you had any comments from all, any of them? I know that about thirty of the people have have received the book because I sent it to them or they've found it. Um, a couple people have posted about it on Facebook, which and uh-huh. said how excited they are. I got the most beautiful. I can show you the most beautiful flowers and a note from Marley Matlin thanking me for for the book. Um, I know Steven Spielberg really likes it, so I was really happy about That's that. Exciting. Um, I heard from Julia Roberts; she liked it. So yeah, there's there's been great feedback so far. Elton John said he loved it. He thought the cover was really beautiful and timeless. Yes, yes, so that it is. They did do a beautiful job on the cover. Yeah, they so yeah, did. I've, had, I've had I haven't had any any uh, disappointed customers yet. Good, good. And the book just came out last week, and it's doing great. And it's everybody, you've got to go find 50 Oscar nights. It's just, if you love the Oscars, you're going to love this movie. As I said, it's like a fine wine. You just want to savor it. So so speaking of everything to do with Oscars, let's jump into TCM's 31 Days of Oscars and what they're doing this year and what they're showing and what movies are you introducing? It's always one of my favorite months of the Mine year. Mine, too. We're 31 days leading up to the Oscars, we do our big thing, 31 Days of Oscars. So it runs from kind of mid-February to mid-March. Right. This year, we're doing it by category. So each day is all movies that were either nominated or won in the category of Best Visual Effects or Best Supporting Actor. Um, a couple things that I really like about it is that it gives us the opportunity to show some movies that we've never shown before. So we're airing Platoon for the first time. We're airing Lincoln for the first time. And then I get to host some really cool um, nights and days near the end of it, particularly because the whole last week of it is all Best Picture nominees and winners. So listen to this triple right. feature that I that I get to host on March 4th, which is a Monday That's night. my birthday. Yeah. 
Oh, it is? Oh, my God. What for per- is my birthday? Okay, go on. Paris, followed by It Happened One Night, the first movie ever. One of my movie. favorites. One of my favorites. Followed by Mrs. Miniver. So like, oh, another just- one of my favorites. <laughs> now now we know what you're doing on your birthday. Hopefully you're not. You're going to go out, but then you'll DVR these movies. Well, it's a Monday, so, you know, I will probably celebrate it over the week. What was the first one? I think I missed that one. What was the first one? An American in Paris. Oh, another wonderful. Okay, great. I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> For sure. So yeah, it's always, it's always a fun month, and our viewers really like it a lot. I know. I love thirty one. It starts February 9th and will end right before the. Oh, does it end uh, on Oscars night day? On Oscar Sunday the tenth. Oscar 10th. Sunday the tenth. Oh. And are you doing in any red carpets or anything this year? I as of now, I'm sitting at home on Oscar night on my sofa, and that's fine by me. Oh, I think you said that to me before, and then I saw you at the Academy Museum party you know, <laughs> interviewing that was a people. Thing. That was a very last-minute thing, and I was happy to do it, but I didn't think I was going to be on that show. I, I know. I think because you, you told me you weren't, and then you were. <laughs> so you just never know. You never know. Of course, I know you're on this whirlwind book tour, so you are uh, hitting all the major cities. And you were just at the Academy Museum, and Topher Grace, your dear friend, just interviewed you. That sounded like a really oh, fun evening. Yeah, and I've interviewed him before. We grew up together. I've interviewed him before because he's a big deal actor. But it was fun to have the tables turned and have him interview me for this book. We had a really good time. He did a great job. Yeah, he he is fun. All right, I can't let you go until we talk about the Oscars this year. Let's do our lightning round. We've had our Oscar shows in the past. We'll just do the top categories. Uh, Let's just start with Best Director. Who do you think is going to win? Christopher Nolan. Me too. No question. No question. I agree. Best Film. Oppenheimer. Yeah. I don't see how it looks. I, I agree. Now, best actor, I have a, this is a little one that only could be a little, could be a little shake up. I'm not sure. What do you think? I'm going with Paul Giamatti. You know, I know it's either, you know, it could be Killian Murphy. I'm, I love him hey. in this film. He care, you know, he was amazing, but Paul Giamatti, I know I'm torn. I'm torn. I love Paul Giamatti. <laughs> But he, they both have walked away with numerous awards, so it's could be this is a, this is the one that's you know gonna we know, you don't know At best actress. I think it's going to be Emma Stone. Me too. Her Me too. Oscar. Brilliant and poor things. Loved that movie. Very. Loved yeah. it. I thought, oh gosh, Mark Ruffalo and and um, Willem Dafoe. I mean, just an amazing cast. Great movie. Okay, best supporting actor. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he's the James. Curtis of this year. Yeah, he is. He totally is. And then Best Supporting Actress. It's got to be Davine Joy Randolph. Yep. For the lovers. I just loved her performance. I wanted the whole movie to be about her. You know, she's the heart and soul of that movie. She really, she is the heart and soul of it, you know, and she carries it and uh, puts it all together. I mean, it's just a beautiful performance. And I, 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 didn't, I interviewed Kevin Tent, who's been nominated for an Oscar uh, for editing, uh, you know, uh, The Holdovers. And he also was nominated. He does all of Alexander Payne's films. And this is the second time he was nominated. He was nominated for The Descendants, the George Clooney film that Alexander Payne did. And so uh, Kevin was on my show and we talked then, uh, you know, about, I said, I, I know I'm going to hear your name. And he said, yeah, <laughs> on uh, the day they nominate, you know, do the nominations. But he, uh, he's he's wonderful, and he talked about the film uh, about Divine Joy and how you know editing and that film. I mean, I just thought that, I said to him, it's a Christmas classic. It's one that should yeah. be seen every year. I really do. So, and aren't, you're having Alexander Payne on 
on TCM, aren't you? Or was he just on? He's been on before. I don't think there's anything that we shot that hasn't aired yet, but he's a great friend of ours. He came to our 30th birthday party event a couple weeks ago, and he could not have been more lovely. And last year, he was with George Stevens Jr., and they did an interview, and they did Penny Serenade, and George Stevens Jr.'s been on my show twice for his book. And that was and Penny Serenade is one of my all time favorite movies too. So that was a great, great moment at Tierna Classic Movie Film Festival. And anybody go get your if you haven't ever gone, go get your tickets to that. That takes place in April in uh, Hollywood and that's a fun, 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 fun event. And if you once again get fifty nights of Oscar. If you love Oscars, you're gonna love this book. So we're gonna search it. It's actually fifty Oscar nights. I'm sorry, fifty Oscar nights. search the title. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm glad you corrected me on that. Dave, always a pleasure having you on the show. I look forward to seeing you this week. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube, subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com. Thank you for listening. The Jan Bright Show, all about movies. 